This is ContactTalkRadio.com. Consciousness in action. And you are taking action into your consciousness by tuning into Contact Talk Radio. And on TuneIn.com, Hing.fm, and Upsnap Mobile. Contact Talk Radio. Ready for a more successful and fulfilled life? It is time for Real Answers, a transformational hour with Dr. Kate Siner, live broadcasting to the 50 states and internationally. Dare to go deep. Change yourself, change the world. Hi, this is Dr. Kate Siner, and this is Real Answers. And this week, we're going to be talking about um, how to be your best self in your most important relationships. And and later in this call, we're going to be um, interviewing, I'll be interviewing Alan Knight. Um, so we'll talk a little bit more about that at the end of this segment. And, you know, being our best self in our import, in our most important relationships, I mean, one of the things that um, sometimes people will say to me when they're working with me is, you know, somehow I manage to, you know, do really well in, in some even of my, my less personal relationships, the less intimate relationships, but I really struggle with certain aspects of, of closer relationships. And because when, you know, it's like when we just meet someone and they, they meet just like a portion of us, a part of our, our, our personality, or they get to know a little bit of depth, or there's just a small amount of time with them, we actually don't have the same kind of, um, you know, time and experience that is likely to bring up a lot of our stuff. And so unfortunately, or fortunately, I don't know which way to put it, um, the closest relationships to us can sometimes be the most challenging, but of course they can also be the most rewarding. Um, And learning some skills about how to bring our full self to relationship is um, a really, really helpful thing to do. So one of the things that can happen um, is that um, someone won't feel comfortable fully expressing themselves in their relationship, having boundaries, um, putting um, uh, time, like having their own time, having their own space. It's, of course, you might relate to this by someone, you might lose yourself in a relationship or not be able to maintain your perspective. And other people actually really struggle with creating that connection. Um, they, they live almost totally separate lives, even if they are together with people that they care about. So they really don't know how to build that connection. Um, and then that leaves um, sort of a, a lack in what the potential could be. So those are just two options for what can happen as we start to navigate these personal relationships. And just like pretty much everything, the first thing that I always say to do is to really know yourself. It's, it's about awareness. It's about um, getting, understanding who you are and what you bring to relationships because that awareness allows you to make different choices. So it was just this last week, um, I was teaching in my Master Transformational coaching training, and in that training, 
Um, that's exactly what we were looking at. It was a, a time and time again, it was like, if you know what your story is, if you know how you come together and what your strengths are and what your challenges are, then you are so much more able to interact with other people. Because what you're able to do is differentiate between what's them and what's you. And so it allows you to speak more accurately about um, the things that you're feeling, what you're perceiving, what you believe is working, what you don't believe is working. So it's really, really important that um, in order to engage and fully in relationships and bring our best self to our, our, our relationships, we start with exploring who we are and where we come from and what our beliefs are about the way that relationships should be or you have to be um, or any of that kind of stuff, as well as what we want them to be and what we, what we feel is the potential and how we can step into that potential with another person. So um, one, uh, another thing that is very important when it comes to being your best self in relationships is um, loving yourself, right? And this is the thing that we, we hear all the time, like you can't love someone else until you learn to love yourself. Well, this is true and not true. Um, I have seen people who have had very traumatic childhoods, for example. And what they do is they, they have a child and they, they love that child in a way that they never really received love and they might not even know love themselves, really, really, you know, have, have received it, have experienced it, yet they're able somehow to reach down deeply inside themselves and give what it is that they never received and what they maybe even don't completely know. Um, however, even though this can sometimes be true, it's really our capacity to love ourselves as completely as possible that opens us up to fully being in relationship and being able to have the important conversations that are necessary to developing relationships. So it, to look at it a little bit more closely, like why is it so important that we are able to love ourselves? So one of the things is, is that in those places where we have not allowed the love to fill us, um, it's very difficult for us to receive love from another person. Um, it's almost like it's impenetrable. And um, it, it's like uh, blood trying to get into a very tight muscle or something like that. It's just, it's challenging. And um, the way that it's been constructed, it sort of, we keep that love out. And that's one of the reasons why intimate relationships can be so scary. They can be so scary because they might start to access some of these, those places. Um, you know, so as, as we can feel someone approaching those areas where we really are not loving ourselves or we hold our pain or whatever, then that can elicit kind of a reaction from us. And then that reaction can be something that we misplace 
and think is part of the relationship. And it may or may not be. And that's one of the reasons why it's so important to be clear about who you are and uh, what it, like what your story is and what you're bringing to the table. Okay, so that's one thing is that we, we can't receive the love to places where we've blocked it and shut it down inside of ourselves. And once we start to, you know, kind of massage that area and open it up, and, and we are able to even, you know, start to love a certain aspect of ourselves, it begins a process um, and a really nice process of, of growth and expansion. Okay, so that's one reason it's really important to love ourselves. The other thing has to do with justification. And it's really easy to justify what it is that um, we think, uh, like what happened to us, right? So you see this a lot of times when people have challenging experiences in their life and they sort of say to themselves, well, you know, it really wasn't so bad or I turned out fine or, you know, so in my, you know, mother, brother, sister never needed this, you know, they never needed to be treated with respect or, you know, they never needed. And so why should I? I can live without it, right? In whatever version that we come up with, it's, it's, it's dismissive. It's not acknowledging our, you know, our wants and our needs. Um, and then what happens is, is when that kind of little, you know, monkey starts twirling, what happens is that we wind up often doing that to other people and expecting them to have this similar kind of unconscious response. So to tolerate it, because that's what people do, they tolerate that kind of behavior. And in that, there can be harm. It's easy to, you know, kind of create situations that are hurtful because of our own ignorance about, you know, what, what hurts. Um, so that's another reason as we start to accept ourselves, know ourselves, and then bring love into these places, then we're also able to give that to people. We understand how to give that to people. The, the, you know, in any of the challenges that we face in our relationships where, say, two people have a different perspective on something. Um, or in the, they have a different perspective or they argue about something, right? One of the ways that loving ourself really helps in the relationship is that we're able to take care of ourselves. We're able to soothe, you know, soothe ourselves. And, and so we don't have this kind of uh, clinging, overarching need to get something from the other person. And when that is true, it's easier than to walk through disagreements and misunderstandings because they don't, it doesn't bring us to such a heightened place of fear. So that, that's another way that loving ourselves shows up. It's that love, it's like, I'm, I'm good, I'm okay and I can take care of myself here. And therefore, I can, you know, tolerate any of these tensions. And not meaning go, you know, go dark or, or ignore them, 
but that I can handle them in a healthy way without this imperative or, you know, too much stress. So that's another way that loving ourselves kind of shows up on the, on the scene. Um, another way that loving ourselves really shows up is that you've heard me talk a lot before about living from the core of who you are. And it's a really big part of what I like to discuss. And in that, it's like part of that process of living from our core um, is there's a lot of different words you could use here. It's activated, it's released, it's amplified, it's supported by loving ourselves. Um, or in, as I would say it at other times, being love, which I think that there's a distinction there. However, um, either one will do. And so that loving ourselves allows us to be more deeply connected, more fully expressed, um, more complete. And, you know, if, you, if you've ever read um, that book, The Missing Piece by Shel Stil Silverstein, it's a really wonderful children's book. And in that book, basically this, um, it's a circle, but is looking for the missing piece. And in looking for the missing piece, it goes and tries all these different things and all these different things until eventually it just becomes whole. And, um, and that's sort of what loving ourselves does, even it, with our imperfections and shortcomings and all that, it allows us to feel whole. Um, and that's an entirely different type of relationship. So very important to being our best self in our, um, our close and our, our intimate relationships. Right. So um, there's another piece of this. There's lots of them. Loving yourself is very important. So um, another piece of this is uh, looking for someone else to satisfy that need to be loved. So what that looks like is when we're not fully loving ourselves, when we're not being loved, then we go in search of that in the world. We look to other people to give that to us, to help us know that we're loved, to help us experience it. But the problem with that is that it will always be incomplete. It will always be partial. Because people are not able to do everything right, be there all the time, all of those different things, whatever criteria we have that we measure love by. And so when that, when that inevitable disappointment comes, you know, there's so much pain and heartbreak that can be associated with it. And the remedy is not finding a new partner or finding a better, you know, friend or anything like that. The remedy is about once again, stepping back and learning to love yourself, giving yourself what you're wanting so much, learning that you already have it and that in already having it, it's a joy to share love with another person but it is not mandatory to have someone's love in order to have love 
for ourselves and really feel that great state of being. And that, once again, along the lines of, you know, kind of the missing piece, that is a really um, important step in our process of awareness and in our development of relationships. Okay. So, um, as I've been saying in this last little bit, you know, we've been, you know, there's so many different perspectives on what it means to truly love ourselves and then how that shows up in our being our best self in um, intimate relationships. Okay. And I'm going to talk a little bit more about this um, once um, we come back from a uh, commercial break. Okay, so it's just going to go to a commercial break in just a minute and talk about, um, and when I come back, I'm going to talk more um, with Alan Knight. And um, specifically, he's going to share with us his perspectives on how to be, you know, our full self and our best self in, in our intimate relationships. Um, so in just a moment, I'll be back. Um, to um, with Alan Knight. We all want to be happier, more fulfilled, more successful. But the question is how? Dr. Kate Siner provides programs and mentoring that give you the real-life tools to get the results you wish to see. Her personally tailored services combine almost two decades of work with the grit and compassion that can only come from a life fully and passionately lived. Get the support you need to continue on your path of positive change. To learn more, visit www.ksigner.com. Are you ready to step into your greatest potential? Your potential for joy, love, success, and fulfillment? Dr. Kate Siner's LifeWork Community is a 10-month commitment to the life of your dreams. The LifeWork Community is a place where true freedom is realized. Freedom from repression, struggle, and lack a place where you can go deep within and explore and transform yourself, a place where you can be seen and celebrated. During your year, you will learn powerful healing exercises, grow from rich transformational experiences, and learn to bring it all out into your daily life while being supported by a like-minded community of people and guided by Dr. Kate's mentorship. For more information, contact admin at katesigner.com with life work in the subject line. We look forward to connecting. Are you craving positive change in an area of your life? Dreaming of work that is meaningful or relationships that are authentic and connected? Internationally recognized author and facilitator, Dr. Kate Siner is a compassionate and fearless advocate for positive change. 
Through personally tailored programs and masterful mentoring, Dr. Kate's genius lies in helping you get connected to your true self so you can make a difference in the world starting with you. Visit www.katesigner.com. This is Dr. Kate Siner. This is Real Answers Radio, and we've been talking about how to be your best self in relationships. And specifically, I've been talking about knowing yourself, and I've been talking about loving yourself, and all the different ways that loving yourself is an important part of being your best self in um, relationships. And so now I have with me um, uh, is uh, Alan Knight. And um, Alan Knight has a, you know, a truly one-of-a-kind um, life where he went from being an athlete to being a monk to being a motivational speaker, and now he is coaching people worldwide on their entrepreneurial and personal success. Um, as a young man, Alan was um, always compassionate and motivated to help people. But um, it's bothered him deeply that the traditional system was deprived of even the most basic courses in communication and personal development. And I have to say, I agree with him there. And so after attaining uh, his master's degree in education from McGill University, he was determined to fill the void by creating a practical training system that people are able to use in order to develop them themselves in their communication. So his program actually fast-tracks people's ability to strengthen their communication and their personal skills and helps ensure their success in life. So, Alan, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you, Dr. Kate. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me. All right. So... I usually start by asking people a little bit about their background. What got them into the work that they're doing today? Well, I'll very quickly say that I guess everything started for me when uh, I was about 13 years old. My mother, who was a wonderful woman, was diagnosed with cancer. And she was told she had six months to live. And she actually lived for about 20 years. So my mother was my first role model of the power of the human spirit. And uh, when I was 19, my father died, and then I decided to leave university. I was taking a bachelor of psychology at the time, and I decided to just travel the world for a year. And I came close to dying in the desert, so this is a very motivational talk so far. And, uh, <laughs> um, but that was a life-changing experience for me in that coming close to death, I, uh, I really questioned myself, is that all I am, just a physical body or a rational mind? And I returned to Montreal, where I'm originally from. I live in Vancouver now. And uh, I did a lot of spiritual exploration, and I met some incredible people that uh, I just resonated with. And I, that's when I moved in, I, I visited them. It was called the Zen Meditation Center. And I lived there for nine years. Mm. And so it saved my life on one level. But after nine years of living like a monk, I, we're not in the Himalayan mountains. I miss girls too much, so I left the monastery. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> and then I, I, I worked a little bit in call centers where I was learning to refine my communication skills. Went back to university to get my master's in education from McGill University. And my thesis was the quality of relationships with others begin with the quality of the relationship you have with yourself, which I was listening to you in the first 20 minutes, which is, of course, your theme. And so I decided that when I looked around the world and I saw the dysfunctional codependent relationships, the bullying, the wars, the killings, it was all rooted in the lack of self-respect, self-esteem, self-love in a good way. And I decided that I was going to embark somehow in developing a training system that would help people globally uh, to fast track their ability to love other people by loving themselves. So that's my nutshell. I could spend a whole hour talking about my background, but that's my five minute spiel. Uh, well, I mean, of course, fascinating. And I really think that, um, you know, if you're a pioneer of personal development or, you know, consciousness, that there's usually a very unique story that's behind that in order to, like, open up um, perceptions and, and see what is kind of, like, beyond where maybe people are looking at the current time. So it sounds like you really explored both the world as well as your inner world. Um, and you're bringing that back to people, which is fantastic. Absolutely. So specifically, you know, how was it that, you know, living like a monk for nine years, how do you feel that that really shaped your work now? Well, I certainly think it, it you know, it impacted me greatly, but I certainly don't presume that everybody should go out and spend nine years living in a nunnery or a, monk or a monastery. <laughs> Right. Uh, but but for me, it was my own unique, uh, you know, journey. It helped me in the sense that uh, I think we live in a world that is so inundated by rational information, analytical information, uh, especially with the advent of social media. I was going to write a book called Mind Gone Wild, which maybe will be my next book. <laughs> and uh, people are just overwhelmed. They're stressed out. We live in a fast-paced life. There's so much going on that very few people have the ability to stay centered and calm. So at a very early age, because I was a sensitive guy and I was kind of a little, you know, had a couple of small little panic attacks, I realized that I had to get into my core. I had to get into knowing who I am at the depth of my soul and learn how to stay there. And learn. And so when I left the, the monastery, I realized that I wanted to integrate you know, not just a training program, but my own life in such a way that I would stay centered in my zone most of the time and then communicate and love people more and more unconditionally, whether it's personal relationships, business relationships. And so my, my experience at the monastery helped me to develop some techniques. I don't really teach those specific techniques. I can if people want, but I've integrated into my nine-step formula, which I'm just launching a book in about a week or two, and the training system, which I'm putting onto a webinar format, um, that's nine-step formula, which teaches people uh, the nine steps that are important, not just the mind, but the mind and the emotion and the spirit is part of it. Uh, but I, I was helped by that, but I was helped by many other things in life, not just that. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it, I mean, one of the things that I think you were just saying that is so important is that what stops us sometimes from either knowing ourselves or connecting to ourselves or connecting to other people is the fact that we're so overstimulated. 
And, you know, and even, even, I mean, now it's so severe. However, you know, throughout time, a lot of the practices in monasteries, it was specifically because it's by that withdrawal, you know, and that ability to kind of create space between, you know, you and the outside world that you're then able to descend into yourself in a whole new way. And I agree with you. It's like, it's not um, a necessary thing for everyone, but it is a path of being able to make contact with yourself and, and from that learn a whole new way of connecting to the world. The, the problem that a lot of people have, Dr. King, is that even people who meditate or do yoga is if they, they some people might do it as an escape. Maybe I did it as an escape for nine years, probably did. But unless you learn how to integrate that into managing your challenges of your day, and develop yourself and develop your communication skills and, you know, go for your career and make a difference in the world and integrate all of it. Um, it could be limited for some, but if somebody can integrate those practices into their life and then not run away from their other uh, confrontations, like a lot of people will run away from relationships by focusing on their inner work and, right. and, and it's their way of escaping. But you, what you want to do is a combination of both. And that's why I created a nine-step formula that connects all the pieces. And, Absolutely. And, and the reason I did that, and we can get into that a little later, is that I wanted to go beyond information and rah-rah because I saw that when I took a look at the self-development field, I saw that there were a hell of a lot of books being read and people would come into my office and I'd ask them, uh, how much have you spent or what have you done over the last five, 10 years? And some people would say, I've spent five, 10, 15, sometimes $50,000 on self-development. And I say, well, what have you done? And they've read all these books and they've gone to the raw, raw workshops. And I said, and I know they're great because I've been to many of them and I've benefited from, so I'm not putting them down. But then I said, something is wrong if they're not taking that and integrating it and seeing results. And that's why I took a different approach with my inner fitness, verbal fitness approach to the nine-step formula. Yeah, awesome. I mean, I completely uh, relate to that in that um, in uh, when I, at one point in my life, I decided that I just, you know, kind of I had had enough and I left. I was actually living in a lean-to by a river in Ecuador and I was sitting on a rock and I sat there quite a bit. And at one point in time, the thought came in. It was like, you know what? This is not where you're supposed to be. It's not about this. For you, it's not about this. It's not about being outside of everything. It's about learning to walk this every day. And it's absolutely important to have skills to be able to do that. And so it's awesome that you've kind of created this merger of these tools so that people can learn how to be really connected to themselves, be really connected, period, and move that in the world. Yeah, so can, go ahead. Can you tell me a little bit about that, like what the nine steps are? Yeah, I'll, I'll quickly go over them. Uh, and I should also mention that when I developed the nine-step formula, uh, I realized that there were going to be two major audiences that might relate to what I do. One would be the growing entrepreneurship and more and more people getting into their own business, whether it's 
small biz, entrepreneurship, or home-based businesses. And then one of my great passions, Dr. King, ever since I was 19, even though I was a jock and an athlete, has been soulmates, relationship, personal relationship. Mm -hmm. And my name, I always knew it was a marketable name, being that. So my book coming out, like I put a plug in for it, is uh, in a week or so, a week to two, it's called A Night Without Armor, a heart-centered approach to business and personal relationships. And uh, one of my dreams was to help more soulmates come together. And I don't know if we want to use the word, some people are telling me not to use the word soulmates, but you know what I mean, high-quality mm -hmm. high quality relationships. Because we have many soulmates and business soulmates. I'm only talking about bringing high-level relationships into the world. So to go over the nine steps, the first seven have to do about accepting adoring, loving yourself as a foundation to be able to do that with other people. Now, having said that, I love what you said before. There are people, most of us can love. We still can love, even if you don't love yourself that much, you, you still have the capacity to love. And there's some caregivers that love, love, love. Trouble, trouble is some of them love, 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 love when you get sick or burned out. So right. when we talk about first loving yourself, what I'm talking about is if we want to love people at the highest level, the more we accept and love ourselves, the more we're able to consistently love other people more effectively. So that's what I mean by that term, terminology. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Which I think you, you resonate with. Absolutely. So step number one, I call taking stock of your life. So we have a kind of a, 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 a an assessment where people rate themselves from zero to 100% on a whole bunch of categories so that they can look in the mirror and take stock. What, where are my strengths and where are my weaknesses? That's pretty easy peasy. Step number two, most of us have been affected by some negativity in the past. So I call it dropping the armor. I'm trying to keep in the theme of the night without armor. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so dropping the armor. So um, dropping the armor has two aspects to it. One is, and you know, a lot of things I'm going to say are not new to you or your listeners, but maybe I'm just approaching it a little bit differently. Uh, is dropping the armor has to do with a lot of us are still sitting with grudges, uh, resentment, anger toward others. So we have what's mm -hmm. called a zap the past exercise that helps to neutralize that. Now, even if we have forgiven everybody from our past, most of us in 2B, the second part of the dropping the armor, is we're too self-critical and too hard on ourselves. Mm -hmm. And everywhere I go, I see that's one of the greatest, not the greatest, one of the most fundamental things I see everywhere I'm going is most of us are too hard on ourselves. So mm -hmm. two, two B is about zapping the past related to that. And I help people to give birth, to realize that they're now giving birth to a brand new baby, you know, little Katie Wadey, little Ali Wally here. Mm -hmm. And some people, if they don't have any children, that's the first child. And we're now committed to nurturing that child because... If you think about it, Dr. Kate, we talk about arranged marriages. We like the fact that we're not in arranged marriage. We are in an arranged marriage with ourselves from day one. This is the person where we've been put with, whether we like it or not. Mm -hmm. and, and so the more we can nourish in a good way, not selfishly, but as a foundation to other relationships. So we have a zap the past exercise, and then, and then we kind of feel refreshed and a little bit uh, relieved of letting go some of that negativity. We're able to go to step number three, which is identifying, discovering your vision and purpose. Because just like a company wants a vision, 
we want to start articulating and exploring who we really are and what we want. And from our personal life, from our professional life, from everything. And so I teach a unique approach to what I call an impact vision board that is not just a vision board, but it brings the emotion into it. You know, we talk about nothing changes unless you're fed up. You want to get out of the head and into the emotion. And when you get fed up with mediocrity, you want to say, you want to be able to look at your vision board and say, nobody, nothing is going to get me off track from that. So we teach. So number one, two, and three are pretty easy peasy. Is that clear so far? Absolutely. Yeah, it's really great. Number four, five, and six are where the heavy lifting is, but that's where the amazing breakthroughs in. Four, I call unleashing your inner warrior and strengthening your inner core, just like you were referencing before. So we deal with the rational mind, the emotional mind, and the big, clear, sort of intuitive mind. I don't care whether we call it spirit or intuition or source. You know, you know what I'm talking about. I don't want to get hung up on the different spiritualities that are out there. Uh, I, like to, I like to keep things very generic and simple. So in that, it's very critical because what's holding most of us back is the emotional, psychological turbulence. On the rational mind level, we've got creative, rational. Dr. Kate, you and I decided we wanted to write a book together. We would discuss rationally what that book is going to entail, and that would be a positive use of the rational mind. Mm -hmm. But then there's most of us are spending way too much time with hyperactive, useless thought. I call right. it the, mon the monkey mind. It's calling Zen. Right. Or negative thought, self-doubt, and all the rest of the negative parasites that are living in there. Now, those then connect to the emotions, because the emotions are the, the power, the fuel, the ignition of the rocket ship to go up to the moon. And if the, not, and if the computer system is not working well, it's going to affect the combustion. So the emotional, psychological, I have I've developed unique techniques to help calm the mind, help to reprogram any negative belief you have with a unique system, a three-part system that connects the rational mind to emotion, to action. And then I have some big, then the third part is the big clear mind. Because a lot of us don't even know what it means to feel content. We don't even hear the word content in the word no life today. And right. so I have these exercises on all those three levels that as you go through them day after day after day over the next 30, 60 days, you feel better and better and better from inside. Mm -hmm. Then number number five is called taking charge of your life. That's where action, because feeling part of yourself is now getting out of, out of the monkhood, out of the monastery, out of the nunnery, and into action daily life. Physical exercise, what we eat, who we hang around with. Maybe we're going to have to get rid of some relationships that are too dysfunctional or transform some existing codependent relationships or bring, bring on new ones, or develop the career we want, or take it to a whole new level, traveling, all those external things that we want to do. So I have an accountability system that helps to make sure we stay on track with those actions. So number four and five, four and five, four and five, over 30, 60, 90 days, builds up your personal power. Then we get to step number six, which I call busting the barriers because we are all going to have the obstacles that are going to get in the way, challenges that face us. I call them the scud missiles of life. 
some are small. Like if you go outside and it's raining all of a sudden, it's a small Scud missile. Mm -hmm. You lose a couple of thousand dollars, it's you know, maybe medium. Someone is sick with cancer in your family or friend, that's major. And my right. twin, my twin soulmate Susie, who passed away eight years ago when she was battling cancer, that was my biggest Scud missile, and I had to raise the bar. So I teach certain exercises how to pick yourself back up from being in the ditch more and more quickly. Get back in the zone, back in the zone, back in the zone, so you could be good for yourself and others. And when you get to that level of number six, I call it a self-mastery stage. That's why it's not just about awareness, though. We've spent years reading books and getting aware, but we need to ultimately also achieve self-mastery to a certain degree. So that stage number six is the self-mastery stage. And when you get in that state, wow. Does magic start to happen already for number seven, which I call activating your true power to manifest. I call it the true power to manifest for a reason, Dr. K. The reason I call, go ahead. I was just going to say that we only have a couple more minutes. So I'd like to hear that and your remaining two steps. Uh, activating just the true power to manifest is now you're in the zone consistently. You can elevate your game with advanced inner fitness motivational techniques that will manifest things into your life at a much higher rate. So number steps one to seven is accepting, adoring, and loving yourself. And then eight and nine, eight is mastering all aspects of your business and personal relationships. Of course, we get into practical tools there. Number nine is making an impact in the world. Those are the nine steps, Dr. K. Awesome. Awesome. I love it. And it is very, I mean, it is very aligned with um, what I think is important about how people move through life. So really, really fantastic. Um, what if people want to know more about this, what is it um, like, how can they get in touch with you? How can they find your book? How can they find your program? Well, my, 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 my website is alanknight.com. And if they go to a nightwithoutarmor.com, they'll, they'll, they'll direct them to alanight.com anyway. My new website will be up within 30 days, uh, but you can get all the information there. My, uh, my email is alan at alanknight.com. My book will be launched on Amazon within a week, ebook form, and in two or three weeks in softcover form. But alan at alanknight.com or alanknight.com. Or they can call me at area code 604-720-3177. Great. Right. And that's Alan with um, two A's. So A-L-L-A-N. Two, two L's. Two L's, two A's, right? No, two L's. A-L-L-A-N at yes. Alan, at Alan Knight with a K dot com. Yes, absolutely. Okay. So thank you so much for joining me today. And um, it's been really great to have you and to introduce these ideas. So I, I hope everybody come, goes and checks you out. Um, and we are going to go to a short commercial break. And I will be right back talking more about how to be your best self in personal relationships. Thanks so much, Dr. Kate.
We all want to be happier, more fulfilled, more successful. But the question is how? Dr. Kate Siner provides programs and mentoring that give you the real-life tools to get the results you wish to see. Her personally tailored services combine almost two decades of work with the grit and compassion that can only come from a life fully and passionately lived. Get the support you need to continue on your path of positive change. To learn more, visit www.katesiner.com. Are you ready to step into your greatest potential? Your potential for joy, love, success, and fulfillment? Dr. Kate Siner's LifeWork Community is a 10-month commitment to the life of your dreams. The LifeWork Community is a place where true freedom is realized. Freedom from repression, struggle, and lack. A place where you can go deep within and explore and transform yourself. A place where you can be seen and celebrated. During your year, you will learn powerful healing exercises, grow from rich transformational experiences, and learn to bring it all out into your daily life while being supported by a like-minded community of people and guided by Dr. Kate's mentorship. For more information, contact admin at katesiner.com with life work in the subject line. We look forward to connecting. Are you craving positive change in an area of your life? Dreaming of work that is meaningful or relationships that are authentic and connected? Internationally recognized author and facilitator, Dr. Kate Siner is a compassionate and fearless advocate for positive change. Through personally tailored programs and masterful mentoring, Dr. Kate's genius lies in helping you get connected to your true self so you can make a difference in the world starting with you. Visit www.katesiner.com. This is Dr. Kate Siner, and this is Real Answers Radio. And uh, we've been talking about how to be your best self in relationships. And just before the break, we were talking to Alan Knight, and he was explaining his nine steps for, um, I'm not exactly sure, there are nine steps for being your best self in relationships, and I think pretty much everywhere in your life. It sounds pretty comprehensive, and um, you can check that out at alanknight.com. And uh, so along these same lines, prior to this, I was talking about loving yourself, the importance of loving yourself. Now I'm going to talk about something else that you can do to help be your best self in relationship. And this is owning your stuff. Okay, so uh, nothing makes your relationship stronger than integrity. And, you know, Alan said something really important is that most of us are too critical of ourselves. And in being too critical of ourselves, that actually stops us 
from being our, in our full integrity. So that being critical is not to be confused um, with being in integrity. But one of the things that's really important in order to keep our lives healthy, our relationship with ourselves, our relationship with others, you know, what's really, we need to know when we contribute something that uh, causes a problem, that hurts someone, that wasn't our best effort. And the goal is not to be so highly critical of ourselves because that actually stops us from being able to do the deeper work that's necessary to do um, if we need to make changes in order to come back into a place of integrity. Um, but it also gets us so caught up in our own self that we can lose sight of how important it is that we own our own stuff and bring that to the relationships that are there. Um, so when you are close to someone, it's very possible that what is going on with them and what is going on with you and that there's an overlap between the two. And so by owning our contributions, um, we are then able to like differentiate. We're able to work at a higher level with that person. And I really like that Alan said that too. He's like about higher level, about creating higher level relationships, right? I mean, that's the goal. And one of our responsibilities in there is to move out of a place of blaming others, right? Just like moving out of a place of needing from others. And instead, um, really knowing ourselves and knowing what it is that we are contributing to a relationship and giving that to another person. Yes, I messed up. I'm sorry. You know, yes, if I had a redo, I would probably do that differently. And what that builds is a huge amount of trust in with yourself and with the other person. And, um, you know, some people will fear exposing their weaknesses or their vulnerabilities. And um, because of this, they might not want to admit they're afraid, oh, uh, if I give this other person the upper hand or let them know that I made a mistake, then, you know, it's going to not work out well for me. Um, my suggestion would be is that if you're surrounded by people who are like that, um, it might make sense to start choosing other people to be around because when we bring that forward, you know, in a healthy relationship, and what's going to happen is it's going to result in really positive change. Now, that doesn't always mean that positive change is easy. Um, you know, when you admit that you've done something, you know, wrong or that you've brought something, um, you know, you brought some kind of, you know, challenge to the table, a person's response might not just be, oh, you know, and easy and loving. They might have some feelings about it. So, however, but what it will build, that's an entirely different story. It will build our, you know, our trust with each other. It will build our ability to um, really... Uh, feel good about ourselves and feel right about the way that we're in relationship. The more that you develop your awareness, the more sensitive you become to um, 
what it is like when there's when there are these like kind of icky spots when there are these challenges when you know we have kind of a bad relationship going on between ourselves and someone else and a quick way to do that is to just hold ourselves in a place of integrity and as i was saying that has to go along with love for ourselves one of the mistakes that has been made along the way, and I say it's a mistake because it's caused unnecessary pain, um, is that uh, we put a high bar for ourselves, but we, and, and so there's that state like, I want to be in integrity, but then that gets used against, that gets used against us. We use it against ourselves. And so we kind of take ourselves out with our standards. That can be one challenge that can come up. So it really is about being in integrity, owning your stuff, bringing that forward in relationship when you need to, but also being willing to do that with love and acceptance for yourself. So we can also say sometimes we're not aware of the things that we bring to the table. And I started this all out with uh, reminding you to work on your own personal awareness. Take first steps with um, yourself and knowing how your story influences you and it influences the way that you're in the world and all of that kind of stuff. And just knowing um, that there are places and there will always be places um, because we are vast. There will always be places where we don't really know where it's a blind spot where it's unconscious right and the that isn't so much something to worry about you know um that could stop a person from expressing themselves but it's the willingness to be with the process it's the willingness to accept it when you do see it and be accountable when you do see it and to actively work to see where, you know, maybe you haven't been able to see yourself before so that you can become even more responsible in your relationships and to yourself. So I think if there is a really important kind of takeaway from this in our last minute, it's remembering first to start with who we are and work on our awareness and work on our love of self. And then to hold ourselves lovingly in a place of integrity so that we can create the best possible circum circumstances you know, for ourselves and those who are around us. So I want to thank you for joining me here on Real Answers. Um, it's been wonderful to have you. And um, I also want to say thank you to Alan Knight for joining me on the show. And I will speak to you next week on Real Answers. And I'll talk to you then. You've been listening to Real Answers with your host, Dr. Kate Siner. Her purpose is to inspire you to create positive change inside and out. 
Visit Dr. Kate on her website at www.katesigner.com with Dr. Kate and see how she can help.